morning guys, welcome to another episode of Thoughts While I Drive to Work. Alright, this morning we'll be dropping my NSTAR bill off, and we're going to be talking about running, and it's many, many, many different aspects. <clears throat> so for those of you who don't know or don't remember, I had a uh, Achilles tendon surgery earlier this summer. And uh, normally I'm a pretty big runner in the summertime here in Alaska. Um, summertime, that's when you get stuff done in Alaska, so I, I like to run. It's one of the things that I really enjoy doing. I uh, wasn't even signed up for a few races, but um, blew up the Achilles, so I was not able to. But this past Saturday uh, was the annual charity 5K for our pregnancy care center. So I went to go do that. And this is the second year that I've actually ran it with my son. Um, last year he was five years old. And we had to take about two breaks during the 5K. We finished in like 47 minutes. So not that great. We also, he didn't practice or anything. Um, this year I got released to run about two weeks ago for my surgery. So me and him, we went out and we did some practice runs. And we got some practice in. We were able to finish with zero breaks and in 38 minutes, which that was my goal. I wanted to be able to finish the 5K without having to take any breaks and in under 40 minutes. And he, he was able to do that. So I was happy about that. But we practiced first. We practiced first and we were steady. We were steady. We didn't like sprint and then get tired out and have to wait. We kept the same pace the entire race. And this led to a lot of good discussion with my son while we were racing. Because he asked in the beginning, he's like, Daddy, everybody's passing us. We're in the very back. Which was true. In the very back of the era, for the first half of the race, because it was to a certain point in the back, and we were last. We were behind everybody. And I could see that it was starting to frustrate him. But we were keeping the same pace, not taking any breaks. And so we kept going, and we kept going, and eventually on the way back, people started dropping like flies. Slowing down, walking, taking breaks, and we started passing people. And I looked at him, and I said, you know, it's, it's important to pace yourself. It's important to know your limits, and it's important to move in a consistent way. And as we started passing people and passing people, he said, Daddy, I don't think we're going to win. And I said, well, why do you want to win? And he said, well, because winning's fun. I said, that's true. Winning can be fun. But what does winning get you? And he says, a trophy. And then I asked him, I said, well, what does a trophy do for you? And my son, he's a real deep thinker. He thinks about it and says, well, nothing, I guess. It probably just break and we'll throw it away. I said, you're right. It gets you absolutely nothing. So I said, so what's worth more? Running this race and trying to get a trophy? Or running this race, learning to never quit and try your hardest? And he said, well, I guess learning to never quit and trying my hardest. So I told him, and this is one of the things that like, 
get from like Scott Urich and these guys that are ultra runners is you got to run your own race. You got to run your own race. These guys are doing these like 200 mile foot races. They're Death Valley, and their advice: run your own race. And so this works out in a lot of different ways. Is I'm not racing against anyone else, and this works out in life. In life, I'm not racing against anyone else. I'm living my own life. I'm running my own race. I'm not competing. I'm not trying to have the best of this or the best of this, you know? If you're constantly comparing yourself to other people, you will constantly be dissatisfied with what you have and with who you are. Now, maybe you use that as drive to get better. Cool. I understand that. That makes sense. But here's the problem. There's always going to be somebody better. There just is. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be the best that you can be. And you shouldn't, and I'm not saying you shouldn't strive to be successful. But don't base that off of other people's success and how they are living their lives. you got to run your own race. Run your own race. Because, like, it doesn't matter how good of running I am. I'm getting up there in age. There's always going to be somebody younger, stronger, faster. Doesn't matter how good I am at jiu-jitsu and MMA. There's always going to be somebody better. It's just a fact of life. Now, I am going to always strive to be better, but I'm not going to base that off of what somebody else is doing. You will just always be dissatisfied and disgruntled and not happy with what God has given you. And you won't be pursuing the gifts that God has given you. Because you'll always be constantly pursuing things for your own selfish desires. Which is, as we know, no bueno. Okay, so, how we ran the race is we ran our own race. And, you know, I don't want to rag on this other dad-son team, but I want to use them as an example. There was another dad-son team, and his son was, I don't know, probably eight or nine. And they took off, like, sprinting fast. And throughout the whole race, the son was getting just burnt out having to stop. And the dad would turn around and yell at him, Come on, it's a race! Go faster, go faster! Come on, it's a race! And it took us a while, but we passed those guys because they were constantly sprinting and then getting burnt out and having to walk or sit on the side of the road and take a break. And eventually we passed them. And you could tell the son was not having a good time. The dad was not having a good time. They were both, the son was burnt out and the dad was frustrated because they wanted to do well. And I kept hearing the son, people are passing us, or uh, the dad, people are passing us. You know, so who was he running the race for? Himself. He wasn't running it for his son, because his son was having not, his son was not having a good time. And he was comparing his performance based on other people. When I took off into the race, I had two goals. To complete the race without taking any breaks, so I was comparing us to us, and to finish another 40 minutes which I just wanted to finish another 40 minutes because the year before we would finish in 47 minutes. So again, my goals were compared to us, not to anyone else. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what anybody else wants. I was comparing our goals based on what we did last year. So I, I tell my son all the time, the only way to lose is to quit or have a bad attitude. Give up. It's the only way to lose. As long as you don't do those things, you don't lose. Guess what? Did I win the 5K? No. 
but I still beat every single one of you who did not go out and do a 5K last Saturday. I still beat every single one of you who did nothing. Same thing when we step on the mats. I tell my son, it doesn't matter, you know, you're already a winner because you decided to come to jiu-jitsu today when there are thousands of people who are doing absolutely nothing with their lives. You're already a winner. You gotta run your own race. Compare you to you. Increase your performance based upon your performance. Now, I like to look at other people and see, ooh, look at what they're capable of. I could be capable of that. What do I have to do to change what I'm doing to make myself capable of that? I don't look at them and be like, I gotta be better than that guy, or I ain't, yeah, that just doesn't work. You're just gonna be upset. You can look at other people for, like, their capabilities and what they are doing and how they're doing it to improve your own game to better yourself. And lastly, like, we're rolling up to the finish line, my son and me, and I tell him, I was like, all right, when I say go, we're going to run as fast as we can. You know, finish strong, cross the finish line, look good. And so when we're about 30 yards away, and I say, hit it we take off running and there's an announcer and he's like who's gonna win the father or the son who's gonna win and I'm like I really wish this guy would shut up that's not what it's about I'm not trying to beat my son could could I blow past my six-year-old yeah you betcha that's not the lesson I'm trying to teach her that's not what we're trying to do we're running it together I'm running it to teach him something and so he's out there blurring oh who's gonna win oh blah 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 whatever just being really kind of obnoxious and so, I made it a point, just like we did the year before. My son and I, we crossed the finish line at the exact same time. We finished at the exact same time. Because we were a team. We're not trying to beat each other. We were a team. We, out there, we went out there and we ran as a team. And so, a few minutes later, of course, here comes the other father and son team. And the announcer starts up again. Oh, here we go again. Who's going to win? And they're about 25 yards away. And the dad just takes off. Leaves his son toasted, burned out. Passes his son, crosses the finish line like 20 yards ahead of his son. Doesn't even turn around to like give his son any kind of encouragement or anything. Now I mean like, what kind of lesson is that? Yay, look at you. You just, you know, blew past a seven-year-old in a race. Congratulations. He looks terrible. Like a jerk. What kind of, I don't know, what kind of lessons that is a dad? Not very good. We're gonna drop off quick and start building here real quick. He didn't want to be last for himself. He based his success on what other people were doing and what other people thought of him. I don't care what other people think of me. I don't care what other people succeed. If you have success, I'm happy for you. Sounds great. Alright. So running. I love to run. 
in um, the book Born to Run, which is a phenomenal book. If you enjoy running, you should read or listen to the book Born to Run. He makes one statement, and I find it to be particularly true. He says, if there is not a if there is a problem that you can't find a solution to during a four or five hour long run, then there simply isn't a solution to that problem. And I find that to be 100% true. Running is just good for the soul. Running is something that you were designed to do, something that we've lost. And you do get like such clarity of thought when you're running, especially long distance running. I love long distance running. I'm not a sprinter. It's like when we did a 5K, I don't think I actually broke a sweat. Also, you know, I'm running with a six-year-old, so we're not going that fast, but like, you know, running a 5K, that's, that's nothing. Um, for me, a run's not really worth it, unless it reaches over six, seven miles, then it's, it's not even worth it, really. But, running, running gives you clarity of thought, and it cleans your whole body out, leaves you feeling fresh, new, and ready, and it's something that you know what, like, we used to run all the time as people. You know, you got up in the morning, and you had to, be fa- had to be fast enough to catch your food, and fast enough not to be caught as food. If you wanted to get somewhere, what did you do? You ran there. Running. Running is something that we've lost. And it also applies to, we're going to use it as a, a leeway here, when it talks about sin. Okay. In the Bible... I'm trying to do this while driving. No, that is not what I wanted to look up. Okay, turning into the hospital here. In the Bible, in 1 Corinthians 6.18, it says, flee from sexual immorality. And we're just going to stop there. Okay? Flee from sexual immorality. So again, yeah, you got it. We're talking about porn. So, the word flee can roughly be translated into leave, leave quickly, run away. You know, what, what do you think of when you think of the word flee? It means to run away with some urgency, to get out of there, to go away. You know, sometimes it's what I tell some of the boys and guys that I help counsel with pornography addiction that it is impossible to look at porn if you are running. You know, we have all these temptations, we have all these sins because we're bored, because we're not doing the things that we're supposed to be doing as men. And one of those things is running. You were made to run. You were born to run. I don't care about your body type. I don't care how old you are. Now this person just does not know how to drive their car. You are born to run. You have that capability in you to run. You need to. And when it comes to sin, I take that quite literally. If you are being tempted, if you are being in the temptation to sin, go for a run. Run away from it. Flee from it by going for a jog. After, you know, half a mile, your mind will not be on pornography. And you'll be getting a great workout and, you know, improving your lifestyle. Flee from sin. Take it seriously like the battle it is. You know, people don't take their temptations seriously, especially pornography. Because pornography is, you know, it's a secret sin. It's a hidden sin. 
It's something you do on your own and you don't talk about and it's shameful. And for that reason, people don't treat it like it has the seriousness that it is. And that's why you look at the rest of this verse. So flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. So this is a sin against your very own body. When you commit sexual sin, you are hurting your physical body. So instead of hurting your physical body, why don't you go for a run and help your physical body? It's the exact opposite. So when he says you're to flee from sin, I take that literally. Run away from it. Go for a run. Take it seriously. Flee. Run. Treat this battle, treat these sins against your own physical body with the importance and the seriousness that they are. Don't treat it like a joke. Too many people laugh it off. It's serious. Get hard. Do something. Treat it like it's serious. Don't treat it like it's a game. Are you going to look silly running down the side of the road? I, don't, I think this is hilarious. I have so many people that say, well, I don't like to jog because I feel like everyone in their car is looking at me. Man, ain't nobody in your car looking at you. Nobody cares that you're on the side of the road running. They might care if you're running down the middle of the road. They try to hit you or something. They might look at you for a second, but as soon as you're gone, you are out of their mind. 100%. Gone. They don't care about you. You know? They don't. But again, this leads back to you caring what other people think about you and you letting that affect your lifestyle and your improvement. You basing you off of what other people have and think of you. If you want to run, go run. Nobody cares. And anybody that does care is probably a fat, lazy piece of garbage that doesn't matter. If they're going to judge you for running, I bet they don't run at all. Keep that in mind. David Goggins has something he says, and I take this to heart. He says that if you care what other people think, and if you allow them to affect what you are doing, you are giving them power over you. And I find that to be 100% true. If you are constantly wondering, oh, what does that person think of me? Or, oh, no, um, am I doing this right? Or I don't want people looking at me and judging me. Oh, you are giving them property in your mind. You are taking up all that time that you could be thinking about so many other things and so many ways to improve yourself. And instead, you're worrying about other people. You are giving them ownership of your mind. You're giving them ownership. And you are allowing them to have power over you. Do you know who has power over me? Nobody. Even when I lose, do they have power over me? Nope. Because I run my own race. I am a man, and I stand before my God, and I'm not ashamed. My God, Jesus, my Savior, has power over me. Nobody else. And as we've talked in the past, there are people that I do give power over me, such as my employer. Um... Or like I'm the chairman of a board, but then there's an oversight committee state board. They have power over me. But I could also just quit those things. I could quit my job. Guess what? Now you don't have power over me. 
And it's not like you have power over me. These places only have power over me because I have given it to them. I give my employer the ability to have power over me because I want a job. I don't base my lifestyle based off of this power that they have over me. I don't let it affect me in my performance. You have to run your own race. Not and don't give other people real estate in your mind. They're not worth thinking about. Don't give them real estate in their mind. Get out and run. And you know what? It's even kind of fun. It goes back to taking souls, right? It goes back to taking souls. When you're out there running in the pouring rain or in the snow, you make every single person who drives by feel like crap. Now you own property in their mind. They're going to be thinking, man, that guy was running in the snow. He's crazy. But a little part of them is going to think, well, I'm not doing that. I couldn't do that. A little part of them is going to think that no matter what they say. They'll tell their friends and they'll think to themselves, oh, that person's just nuts. But now, they know, deep down, the guy running in the snow on the side of the road is doing something they're not capable of doing. Or that they refuse to see that they are capable of doing. You now own real estate in their minds. That's why I like to sit in the cafeteria here at work with just a bag of raw spinach as part of my lunch. I just eat it. I don't particularly like raw spinach. I mean, it tastes okay. I like, um, I'm kind of iron deficient most of the time, so that's why I do it. But the looks I get from people, so many people that are in there mowing down fries, cheeseburgers, different things, and I get these looks like, what is this guy doing? He's over here just mowing down day after day. I sit in the same spot day after day after day. He's eating, you know, an apple, raw spinach, pinto beans, and cashews for lunch. Day after day after day. And yeah, they might think it's weird. And yeah, I get made fun of a lot. But I know. I know deep down. They're feeling terrible about that double bacon cheese they just pounded. They're feeling tail terrible about the huge stack of tater tots they just dipped in ranch and now feels like a gut bomb ready to explode. They feel terrible. And I am owning real estate in their minds. Because they could eat that way too. They could eat healthy. You don't have to go as, to an extreme as much as I do. But you could eat healthy. You could do these things. You were just choosing not to. Probably based upon what other people think and what other people say. Oh, man, I'm thinking of so many other things to talk about here, but we're getting pretty low on time. So you may say to me, I can't run. I'm not built for it. So I grew up with people telling me that I was not made to run. Six foot five, 240 pounds. People always told me, you're just too big to run. You're not made to run. You know, you're made to lift things and be strong. You're not made to run. Blah, 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 blah. Well, in the book, Born to Run, it's kind of funny. The book literally starts off the same way. The guy's six foot four, 200 some odd pounds. It starts off with him in a doctor's office with the doctor telling him he's just not built to run. He's just too big. By the end of the book, the guy is doing 50 mile races through the deserts of Mexico. Because you are made to run.
So the book has a ton of information in it on how to run and how we as a people have learned how to run in the wrong way, which is completely true. Do you want to know why I was never good at running as a kid or as a teenager? Because I was running the wrong way. Every, everybody who taught me how to run taught me how to run the wrong way, probably because they didn't know how to run either. So we're going to start with simple things. A few quick rules about running. So first, we want it to be easy. Because if that's all you get, that's great. It needs to be easy. If you can't close your mouth and breathe through your nose for about three breaths comfortably, you're working way too hard. Or if you can't hold a casual conversation while you're running, you're not doing it right. And then you want light. You don't want big clumping steps. You want light. Easy and light. Then you want smooth. You want your motions to be rhythmic. To be smooth. You want to be barely hitting the ground before you're back up again. Easy, light, smooth. Okay, so our other three things. We're going to go through these quick. So imagine there's a rope tied around your waist and it's pulling you forward while you're running. Like there's a car ahead of you with a rope tied around its bumper, tied around your waist, and it's pulling you forward. You want your waist driving forward. Waist driving forward. Back straight. If you bench over at all, you pinch off your lungs, and you're not going to be able to use them to their full extent. You're going to get burnt out. Waist forward, back nice and straight. Then you want to be driving forward with your knees. Drive forward with your knees. And you want your heels kicking back. You're not going to be taking big steps. We're not heel striking here. Heel striking was one of the worst things ever posed upon the running community, and it's because of Nike. They literally invented a shoe in the 60s to allow people to run in this new method that they invented called heel striking. And that's why we have running injuries and why people get burnt out because heel striking is not the way you're supposed to run. By that, I mean you're like running forward, landing on your heels, you know, with those big steps. That's not how you're supposed to run. Um, if you want to be injured, you can run that way. So we're going to have our waist driving forward. Our waist pulled forward, back straight. Our knees driving forward. Our feet never come out much past our knees um, when we run. And when we run, when we want, when our feet hit, we don't want them to be straight. When you heel strike, your whole leg is straight. And it's like jamming a metal rod right into the ground. And your whole body feels that whole jarring action. That's why you get shin splints. Um, why you have back issues. Why you have plantar fasciitis. So instead, we are going to have our waist pulled forward. Our knees, think about it, your knees are driving forward. Your foot is going to impact, not on your heel, but on your entire foot, because you have an arch in your foot that's made to absorb shock. When your foot lands, it is not going to be perfectly straight. Your knee's going to be bent a little bit. You're going to absorb that impact. You're going to kick your heel backwards. You're going to do it again. It is really, really simple. I have, through these simple methods, and I'm not explaining it the best probably. I would encourage you to read the book. I went from never being able to run more than three miles in my entire life to in one summer being able to do a half marathon by the end. It was easy. And then I thought, well, I'm only one test subject. So I took two other people out, one younger than me and one older than me, and I taught them this method of running. They were able to do the same thing. So you are capable of running. You are capable of fleeing from sin. Stop letting what other people think about you matter. Okay, guys, I am at work. I gotta go. Um, hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. If you have any thoughts or questions, please do email me at thoughtswhileidrivetowork at gmail.com. 
Um, all one word, no caps, no spaces. Thoughts while I drive to work at gmail.com. Thank you guys. Let's pray. Dear God, Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this day and everything you've given us. I just pray that it would be a good day for me and for my listeners and that we would strive to serve you. That we would know that you are our focus. You are the one that we need to be emulating. And as long as we're serving you, it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. Lord, we love you. Amen. All right, guys. Later.